Hello, listeners. My name is Reese Parton, and if you're a regular listener to the show, you'll know me as a presenter of this show. But right now, I've got my editor hat on because I've just been editing this episode, and I decided to make this quick little announcement at the start of the show just to bring to your attention the fact that Sandro's audio sounds a little bit different than usual because technology which could be a great thing at times and a bit of a nuisance at other times decided that despite the fact he was talking to me using his really good mic on skype for some reason in his audio software it recorded it with the internal microphone on his computer so it doesn't sound as good as it usually does but he and I are both well versed in audio production and we both edited a bit with a bit of EQ and, and post-production and stuff like that. So it sounds possible. It sounds good. And we had a great time recording this episode. I think it's really fun, but it's not up to its usual standard. And I just wanted to make you aware of it. We're aware of it. Next time we'll do our best to make sure it doesn't happen again. But in the meantime, I bring you to the episode as scheduled. Please do enjoy. And thank you for listening. Uh, you're open, I think. I sure am, yeah. I, know, I was trying to think of a way to do it. Uh, full disclosure, the thing I was just watching before we started recording was Punisher, and I was trying to think of a way to nice to tie into that. But he hasn't got anything like the Green Arrow where you've failed this city, so I was going to try and do something like mm. that, but it's just kind of mm, no. get angry, yell, and kill someone is what he would do. So uh, don't worry, listener, yeah. I won't do that to you. But I will just say, welcome to Episode 8 of Spin-Off. <laughs> Don't worry, I won't do that to you. <laughs> well, you've got to promise not to do horrible things to these people. Yeah, I know. That's been very nice of you. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, listeners, don't worry. We're going to be nice to you and we're not going to kill you like Frank Castle. Uh, but welcome to episode eight of Spin Off. My name is Reese Parton and I thank you very much for listening. And with me is my compadre in the podcast, Sandro Felce. Hello, and I also thank you for listening. <laughs> and that was an odd introduction, but I do like those. I like it when they're fun. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm going to be honest, we're kind of strapped for time here so we're going to jump right into it with the premise of this show which is asking a question and uh this question has been asked for millennia would you say yeah i'd say so maybe multiple millennias yeah potentially uh and that question is sandro mm. although it's not specific about you it's more mm. just this question in general but in this case it's directed towards you what have you been consuming lately not much to be honest oh okay well, in that case, I've been consuming. <laughs> I mean, you can go ahead if you want. Like, really, not much at all. Sort of balance it out. You might, you may as well go first. Alrighty. Well, I kind of let slip already that uh, I've started watching The Punisher. I think I've mentioned mm. it on previous episodes that I've been planning to watch it, and I've started. Yeah, it's a good show. I'm interested to see what you think of it. It's pretty good so far. Uh, Where are you up to? Just finished episode two. Okay, cool. I was watching episode two and it made us late to record, so I literally did just <laughs> finish it. It's okay <laughs> so far. Mm -hmm. I think um, I like John Bernthal. I think he's really good. Yeah. I love Karen Page and what's her name? Deborah Ann Wolf. He plays her. Yeah. She's wonderful. Yeah, she's great. 
I think the first episode left me slightly cold. I think I'm not particularly in the mood for brutality, <laughs> potentially because of everything that's going on in the world. <laughs> Which is the entirety of the first episode. Yeah, it was all it's brutality. It was all yeah. uh, John Bernthal doing his guttural yell. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, no, he, he plays it so well that he does... I can put up with it because of that. Um, I'm intrigued by the other characters I've introduced, especially Prince Caspian. I mean, Ben Barnes, <laughs> in a different role than I normally see him in, and he's doing a pretty good job so far. Yeah. He's he's incredible, especially in season two. Oh, cool. Excellent. I look forward to seeing more of it. I like... Uh, oh, what's her name? I've forgotten her name, but the one that they seem to be slightly flirtatious with each other, the police detective uh, who oh, served yeah. in Afghanistan or who's from Afghanistan even, um, she seems really interesting. And uh, she's now the ranking officer is all I'll say is the last thing I saw. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm keen to see where they go. I'm keen to see uh, why particularly she's pursuing Frank. Like there's certainly an mm. interesting, what's going to be an interesting season arc developing there. But yeah, so far, potentially because it's kind of a stressful time right now. We've all got a lot going on. I'm not particularly in the mood for the brutality, but like you said, that's basically what the show is. <laughs> yeah. It does kind of tone down a little bit after the first episode, though, mm. and then it kind of picks up in the last maybe two, three episodes. Well, I'd expect that because he's starting to get hunted now and he's starting to get people mm. after him and he's committed more murders now. So uh, whether or not it's for appropriate re- reasons, which he has got a moral code, he does do it for mm. specific yes. reasons. Yes. Uh, he's still committing murder, so that's going to be a... A problem and people will hunt him for it so i i would expect that but yeah i don't know i just it was w- the moment in the first episode and actually i'm going to say this now anything i talk about i'm going to be spoiling completely in this episode yeah. so uh right. look at the show notes and skip forward to the next bit i don't know if sandra is going to spoil things he's consumed but um <laughs> yeah just uh i'm going to go full full in depth okay the moments when he kind of just brutally killed those people on the work uh, workplace like the working site construction site there we go my brain's yeah. catching up <laughs> i just i didn't even care for him at that moment and it's a problem when you don't care for the main character <laughs> like yeah. i just thought dude you, you're going too far you're overstepping the mark i kind of want oliver queen to say you failed the city and i know that's a different universe but like mm. he's stepping them overstepping the mark and i know that's the point but um i just i felt uncomfortable i guess okay but again that's the point I think maybe as well, because you're watching this so far removed from Daredevil Season 2 as well, that could have something to do with it. Because it is its own show, but it does pick up directly after the end of that season. Mm. Like, you are meant to watch them quite close to each other. Yeah, because I actually was kind of like, why do you care so much, Karen? But then there there are reasons why Karen cares so much. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I'm only two episodes in, and I'm definitely going to stick with it. Um, Like I said, John Bernthal is amazing. Mm. Uh, he shouldn't have shaved the beard. I'm just going to say that much. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I really want to see more Ben Barnes. Like, I really like Ben Barnes. He got typecast for a bit after Caspian, I think, in Narnia. But he, I'm glad to see he's going to break you out of that shell a bit. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with it. And it's pretty good so far. Like I said, I need to be in the right mood and I need to build yeah. up to the right mood, I think. Uh, mm. I'm just a bit fragile right now. <laughs> I would say some, yeah, some words of warning mm-hmm. from Punisher. Uh, it very quickly falls into the typical Marvel Netflix system. It's got a government conspiracy. 
and that sort of stuff. Right. So if yeah. you're sick of that from all the other Netflix shows that Marvel <laughs> have done, then it feels a little samey. But I think yeah. it separates itself pretty well. And also, maybe don't binge it. Because there's a lot of episodes that feel that end in places where I think it's good to leave it for a while. Okay. One of those shows that yeah. I think benefits from not just watching it all at once. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. So yeah, that's just some words of advice, especially for season one. For season two, do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was the the really good season then, I guess. I really love like season two, yeah. yeah nice. Yeah, well, I'd, I actually don't have as much time anymore because I've actually started working again, listeners. Yay! On and off, but I've got some more regular hours, which is nice. But yeah, uh, I'll take that that advice to heart. And also, uh, there's another show that I've started watching, and I'll get back to that. But that might also take up some time. Oh, I'm yes, I'm keen. I think I know what the other show is, and I should have started it as well last night, but I didn't. <laughs> Whoops. It's okay that you didn't. Actually, this might be one that might be worth binging. Actually. Mm, okay. But I'll probably get into that a bit later on. I won't spoil it too much because you haven't seen it. No, I do know the basics of the character, though, so we'll, we'll get to that later. Fair enough. But on that note, let's actually ask you the question. What have you been consuming? <laughs> Look, really? For the last 10 days, Twin Peaks. Nothing but Twin Peaks. <laughs> Just watching <laughs> two to three episodes every single day of that and then wow. editing the super long episodes of Oldie Goody Goody that we've been recording this month. Um, yeah. <laughs> actually, I do want to go on record. Apologies for the last episode being a bit late. Because I started working again and because I've had a fair bit going on, I and I underestimated how long a three-track show would take to edit. Yeah. I was a bit late with the edit on that one. Sorry, guys. No, that's totally fair enough. There's no deadlines in the nerd out channel. <laughs> <laughs> Phew. Um, so, yeah, like really I've just been watching that uh, for, I guess, for the nerd out main show. We're going to do an episode on it at some point with all of us, including Caitlin, as you would have heard in um, episode 47. Yes. So, yeah, mainly Twin Peaks, but I have had a chance to kind of pop into a couple other things. Uh, so I started the sixth season, the long-awaited sixth and final season of Ships Creek the other day, 14 episodes, very keen to get through it. If you're not familiar with the concept, it's this extremely rich and elite family. The dad's played by Eugene Levy, and his son is there as well playing his character's son. Hmm. Catherine O'Hara is the mum. There's the excellent character of Alexis as the sister, and uh, they lose all their money, they lose their house, they lose everything, and are forced to move to this town that they bought as a joke because its name is Schitt's Creek. (laughs) And it's a great concept. I found it last year because I was really in the mood for, like, a sitcom Hmm. because Brooklyn... Nine Nine last year wasn't too great. I, I didn't love season six of Brooklyn Nine Nine, and so I was just on the lookout for a sitcom to kind of fill that space. And this definitely filled it. The first five seasons I watched in like a month. It's oh, wow. really really good. Hmm. And um, so far, the sixth and final season's been excellent. It picks up like immediately afterwards, and it just feels like you're back with them nothing's changed it's great it's like straight from the first episode i went oh yeah no i do love this show it's really good (laughs) there's this character called stevie and in the first like i want to say 10 minutes of the episode there's this scene where um the brother and sister are arguing Hmm. and she's just in the background 
basically doing the facial expression that you would be if you were in that scene to just be like, <laughs> wow, this is amazing. I can't believe I'm here. Like that sort of stuff. It's really good. Hmm. So yeah, highly recommend that show just in general. Um, and I'm keen to get through that season. That's the final season, isn't it? The final season, yes. I think it's 14 episodes, so a couple of episodes longer than usual. Hmm. Well, that's a nice little send-off then. Yeah, definitely. And I think six seasons is pretty good. I think that's a very good length for... Do you think they'll get a movie? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I wouldn't be surprised, because it's, like, over the last two years, it's gotten very popular. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do something else with it. Excellent. I'd like to hear that. Um, that's just something that comes to mind. Every time I hear six seasons, my brain goes, and a movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's iconic. No, it's great. Dan Harmon, he pushed that so hard. And it yeah. became so iconic. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, I'll throw it back over to you, though. What else have you been consuming? All right. Well, a little thing we kind of teased earlier. Uh, Stargirl from Ooh. DC Universe, the streaming service. It's fun. I'll say that much. <laughs> Okay. I feel kind of the same way I do if listeners have heard the uh, previous episode to this show uh, about Lock and Key. Oh, no. Okay. I must have over-exaggerated how bad I feel about Lock and Key because I enjoy it. It's fun. It's mm. good. It's well made. But there are some moments it's got tonal issues, I think. Yeah. And I could see why because she'd actually be a really good role model for young young women, young girls. Yeah, even young girls. I was... I didn't want to be patronizing and say young girls and think about 30-year-olds, but also I think maybe young girls, as in literally young girls, would find her empowering and, you know, inspirational, but also young women would as well. Uh, But also some of the storylines and some of the ideas, you kind of want them to push a bit more um, and be a bit bit darker. That being said, there have only been two episodes so far, so I'm sure they might get darker. Um, Really interesting beginning, though. Again, I don't want to spoil it too much because you haven't seen it and I hate spoiling it for friends, but I also don't want to spoil it for listeners. (laughs) I do thoroughly enjoy the cast. The cast is great. Uh, The music I adore because it's by uh, Pinar Toprak. Okay. Who did uh, the music for Captain Marvel. Oh, nice. Yes, and it feels very, it feels more like a film score than it does a TV score, which actually, you know, lifts the game a little bit for the rest of it in a way, which is really nice. Mm. It's hard to be vague and give a good review, but (laughs) I've enjoyed what I've seen so far. The thing I find most beautiful about Stargirl, the concept of it, is that Jeff Johns created it in memory of his sister who passed away in a plane crash. Mm, Yeah. And I just, I think that's a lovely thing to do. I think he's a really talented guy. He's obviously got a heart of gold if he'd do something like that. So I respect that sort of quality in a human being. It's funny, actually. I said the music feels more like a movie than a TV show. The first episode felt like a pilot. Oh, uh, okay. Second episode felt like it's getting on, on its feet a lot more. Yeah. So does it feel quite CW-esque compared to the other <laughs> DC Universe stuff? Uh, yeah, the first episode does. Then the second episode, I mean, for starters, it references some of the other DC Universe stuff in a way. Oh, okay. Awesome. Vaguely. At least the larger universe in general. It mentions a lot of characters from the, what's it called? Uh, Justice Society of America. Mm-hmm. In fact, it features a few of them in flashback. Ooh. I'll say that much. Uh, I think that's going to be a common thread uh, throughout it. It also mentions, I didn't know this existed, but the Injustice Society of America. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they even, <laughs> they get the main character to say, 
You guys were great with names back then, were you? <laughs> Which I quite liked. <laughs> That's good. Because it was a bit silly to hear that. Especially it was said, like, very seriously, very, uh, oh, what's the word? Not seriously, just so matter-of-factly. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, that's kind of weird, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's so good. That was good, yeah. So, yeah, I like it so far. I think it's got a lot of potential. The cast are going to be great throughout the whole thing, and they've been good so far. I definitely recommend it, and maybe we could talk a bit more in depth when you've seen some. And I don't mind if we have to wait until the first season's over. Yeah, I'm kind of feeling like I might wait for it to be done. Yeah. We'll see. I'm not sure yet. It's only 13 episodes, so it's not too long. Yeah, that's true. And I think it might benefit from it. I don't know why, but I think just how they're gradually setting it up. And I know it's just the first two episodes and most shows set things up in the first two episodes, but I feel like it's going to be one of those things where the next installment adds a little bit more, but then there's just an ongoing thread that will that will be uh, picked up again in the next episode. So we'll see how we go. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. Now, uh, I might be cheeky and jump in with something else I've consumed because uh, I know you haven't consumed much. <laughs> <laughs> so another thing, I finally got to play some more Star Wars Battlefront 2 and I managed uh, to get online. Nice. Ooh, perfect. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I wasn't as good at online gaming as I thought I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I logged on online last year to play it, I- that's terrible. I lasted like five minutes and went, I should probably train more. Yeah, so I, I did start training. And I do kind of like actually how each class, you have to play each class to get the better cards and better weaponry. Mm-hmm. And so it actually does, depending on what you feel like, gives you the chance to develop those skills. So uh, I know my sniper skills, my assault skills, and then I think infiltrator skills are the best. Like those are the most trained, most skill point earned classes. Yep. I do actually like that structure. I didn't think I would at first. I kind of thought I liked the first game where you could just choose your favorite weapon for a character and your your um your loadout in terms of the extra cards and stuff that you get. Mm. But this system works just as well, actually. I quite liked it. And I didn't realize how much I missed clones in a Star Wars game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really do like the clones. There's just something about their loyalty to each other, their aesthetic. They look really cool. Um, and D. Bradley Baker. I mean, come on. Mm. <laughs> Hundreds of voices over the years. Yeah. Just for different clones. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. And again, I, I love the graphics in this thing. I th- I actually think the first one looks stunning as well. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of backlash towards the first Battlefront just because of uh, loot crates and lots lots of stuff were really missing at first. I know they kind of saved their butts with DLC. Um, yeah. And then they kind of just took what they added in the DLC and made it just part of the main game for this one. So it started off better. But I do kind of like the first one. But this has been a lot of fun too. There's not too much you could say about it. I've already talked about the story, the single-player story, and I still love that. Some of, some of the best Star Wars out there was in that mm. that single-player game. And some of the best acting I've I've come across in uh, motion capture. Oh, yeah, it's excellent. Yeah, it looks really good. So, yeah, a bit of online gaming, a bit of Star Wars. That was fun. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Because I've got a big rant, but like a, a gushing rant that I could go on. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I've got a couple quick things I can probably move through. Up top, uh, just a quick shout out to the YouTuber Jenny Nicholson. She put out a video on the day that we're recording called I am on lockdown, so I watched all 14 Land Before Times, and I've been so excited to watch someone <laughs> discuss every single Land Before Time movie, because I grew up watching them, 
haven't touched them since I was maybe seven. Mm. It always kind of been intrigued to. And now I think I might base off this video just because <laughs> they're very nostalgic, but also look very terrible and very funny. Yes. <laughs> so check that video out. I thought it was very fun. It is like an hour long, but oh, wow. I, I think it's worth it. But I did watch uh, the Red Dwarf special from um, probably like a couple of months ago now. It yeah. came out in the UK. I, I don't think it's available here. I just kind of gave up and went, well, you're not giving me any platform to watch it on, so it's your own fault. <laughs> I pay, I pay for this VPN, though, so... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so I checked out, yeah, Red Dwarf, The Promised Land, mm. where um, the cat people that evolved on Red Dwarf while everyone was in stasis, uh, they have created their own kind of tribe oh. and, and their own um, space-faring crew, and there's adventures with the Red Dwarf team. And mm. I, pre I pretty much agree with Adam's review from, what was it, episode three? I think it was, yeah. I was about to say, that sounds familiar, and then I realised he gave us a bit of a synopsis when he was on the show. Mm, yeah, I think it was episode three. I don't really have too much to add on to his review. Mm. Uh, I think it's pretty funny. You can tell they're not recording in front of an audience. That was the best part about seasons 12 and 13, Yeah, I think, the two recent ones. I'm bad with numbers for Red Dwarf seasons. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think it's 12 and 13, but it could be 11 and 12, I'm not sure. No, because 10 was... The return because nine is the movie that everyone hates so i think 10 yeah i think it's yeah uh i quite like those two seasons mainly because they felt like they were kind of returning to the classic way of filming them they were in front of a live audience they felt quite um per performery the actors were performing quite well hmm. whereas with this you can tell there is no audience and they're just kind of uh, right. to each other and it's not as uh fun that way but there's still a lot a lot of good jokes i liked how when the cat people fired their weapon it was a meow <laughs> so that was great i like that <laughs> there's some pretty good set pieces it feels kind of like something uh from like red dwarf season six or seven the one that's set entirely in starbug because the majority of this special is set in starbug i like that yeah yeah there's a lot of good stuff yeah. The thing with modern Red Dwarf is that's what you're going to get. You're going to get a few great jokes, a few that don't land, and some really good performances, and that's pretty much what you get here. So it's not a classic, but it's good enough if you're a big fan of the show in general. Hmm. And, I mean, that's probably all you can ask for, really, at this stage. Yeah, that's sort of how I feel about most comedies these days, unless the cast just aren't great. And that's quite rare that shows assemble a cast that they're all bad so <laughs> yeah so that, that's just how i feel about comedy some jokes are going to work some aren't sometimes you just watch it because you like the actors like two broke girls cat dennings is what got me to watch a few episodes of that <laughs> fair <laughs> yeah fair yeah yeah i think yeah it is like that it's a weird one for red dwarf because there's definitely like three eras of the show <laughs> and every fan is a fan of a particular era mm. like i personally am a big fan of the first two seasons while they're, they don't have Crichton in them who i am a big fan of as oh, a yeah. character i really like the sitcom single location-ness of them agreed and i think the sci-fi concepts are more interesting in those first two seasons compared to them going off on adventures. 
I think I've only seen the first three seasons of Red Dwarf, and so I that's like I I think highly of Red Dwarf because I haven't seen it go downhill. Yeah, <laughs> but I I actually agree. I like Crichton, but I also do prefer the first two seasons. Yeah, which yeah, a lot of people prefer seasons. I wonder if I say three to six because seven I and think eight so, yeah. aren't great, and mm. then nine's the movie, which is r- real bad, and then there's the revival seasons, mm. which are quite good. Uh, they're very every season six episodes and maybe five of them are good. One of them isn't great. That tends to be how it goes. So yeah, um, I think if you liked the revival episodes of Red Dwarf, you'll like the Promised Land. It the story does stretch pretty thin over mm. an hour and a half, but there are that does kind of lend to ten minute sequences where they're just doing banters and it's really good like there's just long moments where it feels like the cast are just improvising a ridiculous conversation Hmm. and that's really really fun so yeah there's some good stuff there's some not great stuff but that's what you're gonna get the revival of an old show yeah pretty much yeah if you're a fan check it out i don't know what to rate it probably one light thumb up a daddy devito thumb up do you (laughs) that's what we do on the show right (laughs) yeah i mean if you could think of a weak character in that one, you can choose a character from the specific thing you're talking about. But yeah, we'll do Danny DeVito for now. Um, Rimmer, <laughs> uh, a hologram Rimmer thumb up. So not only is it a weak thumb, it's yeah. also like you, you can just walk right through it. Yeah. Oh, man, that is weak. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> What's your rant? Oh, it's kind of a, a rant in terms of just like I could talk for ages about it. It's the last thing that I've co- I'm going to talk about in terms of what I've consumed. It's Spider-Man for PS4. Nice. I uh, I finished it, and uh, I think yes, last episode, mm-hmm. Zach and I talked about how we're criers when we watch or consume things, mm-hmm. and this game destroyed me. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Like I was I was kind of torn apart by huge spoilers again. By the way, don't listen to this if you haven't played that game. I want you guys to experience this thing. Definitely. Because it is so good. I mean, I was already torn apart by the Miles Morales storyline, mm. which uh, I wasn't expecting expect it to go down that way. But even just things like the Doc Ock storyline. Oh, yeah. And I knew it was coming. As soon as you turn up to the lab and you see Dr. Octavius there and he's a perfectly normal man, you go, oh, crud, this is going to end badly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was um, completely hidden as well, by the way. Like on launch, when I bought the game, I had no idea that he was in it until I walked in that room and went, oh, this is what the game is. Yeah. I I see what we're in for. And the trailers hit it. And even the start of the game hit it where it just said work is calling Mm. and it didn't have his picture. And then afterwards it says Dr. Octavius is calling whenever he calls you (laughs) on the phone. But I don't blame it for doing that. It's such a clever thing to do. And it was actually so clever to kind of dig into Peter Parker's um, psyche like that because he refined the technology that was eventually used to fight him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, you're doing it. And you're like, no, 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 I don't want to do this, but it gets me some more XP points. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was such a clever storyline. Uh, I loved the storyline between him and um, MJ. Just really well mm-hmm. played. Oh, also, and this wasn't something that I thought of, but it it's something I saw in a, a video about it because I watched a few videos about it and some Let's Plays because I just wanted to, to see people's reactions to some of the major moments. Mm-hmm. But it's a really good point that when you play as Mary Jane or you play as Miles Morales, it really kind of brings home how scary superhero stuff could be if you don't have the powers. 
Oh yeah, definitely. And it was a really well well done. I didn't realize it. Like I didn't think about it while I was playing it, but there are moments where you're almost helpless if you're not careful. Mm, yeah. It was really well done. So I was upset at the Doc Ock stuff, and then Peter had to <laughs> realize the great responsibility that comes with the great power he has. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, not save his Aunt May. Mm-hmm. And then the way Yuri Lowenthal, who plays Peter Parker, played that scene and just cried, I, I sobbed. <laughs> yeah. No, it's... A heart, a absolute heart-wrenching scene. Yeah, but and it's exactly what you'd have to do. It, in fact, everyone listening, this game features a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I played it during a pandemic. And if you had the cure, and you were gonna, you you were holding it, and you could save someone you loved who was on, you know, the edge of dying, or you could save everyone in the world. Would you be able to live with yourself if you saved one person and then millions more died or thousands more died? Yeah. Like it's such a powerful decision and it was just wonderfully done. And then it puts Peter in the position where he's the master to Miles Morales' apprentice. So you've got that storyline where he's going to start training him. Yeah. Yeah. And you've always got that kind of those roles to fill. And I think that was the last step in Peter into Peter becoming the more adult superhero that he ends up being. Mm. And I really liked that. Actually, on that note, can you guess the age of the guy who plays him? Um, oh, can I? <laughs> I like mid, maybe late 20s, early 30s? Oh, no, no, no. He's 49. What? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, he is now. Okay. He would have been 47 back then. Yeah. But his name is uh, Yuri Laurenthal, and he played uh, the prince in the Prince Persia game. That was like his big oh, okay. breakthrough. But he's also played Ben 10. Huh. Uh, in most of them, I think, from what I'm picking up. He's in a lot of stuff. Like, you go through his list and you scroll down and you go, God, this is a long list. And then you look and it's still 2018. <laughs> okay, yeah. He was Harvey Dent in Gotham by Gaslight. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's he does a lot of things, it seems. Uh, and sadly, I hadn't heard of him. So he's one of those underappreciated actors, I think, in the voiceover world. Mm. But he was very good. And actually, I was thinking about something and I saw an interview with him which confirmed it. Sometimes I notice when he's on the phone, he sounds a bit winded when you're swinging. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's kind of like putting a bit of effort into it as he swings from building to building. Yeah. And they actually did two takes so that if you're running on the ground and he's talking on the phone, he's kind of talking like this. But then sometimes he gets into that sort of different take. And they obviously put it into the me mechanics of the game wow, that that's... it would know which take to choose. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. And another little fact, Yuri Watanabe, who's the police officer you're helping out, yep. is played by uh, his wife, Tara Platt. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, I know this because they appeared on a YouTube channel that I recently discovered as part of watching people play the, the big moments. Mm. Uh, I, I looked up some Let's Plays and stuff like that. Have you heard of, uh, oh, what's the game called? Uh, Detroit Become Human? Oh, yes. Love that game. Cool. So it's done by the guy who plays Connor, does this YouTube channel mm -hmm. uh, where he plays a lot of video games. And his wife is there too. And I think she was actually in that as well. They've actually appeared in a few things together. Nice. Yeah, she plays Tracy. Mm -hmm. I haven't played Detroit, but um, I picked up on this stuff recently. <laughs> <laughs> but they had Yuri and Tara appear on one of the episodes while they were playing Spider-Man. 
and they did an hour and a half long video with them and they were streaming it to Twitch. So they got audience questions, but it was just a really kind of like casual way to get some insights into things and mm. learn some of the behind the scenes stuff. So that's where I learned that they did the two takes for when he was swinging and when he wasn't. And it just, it's a great video. So if you want to check that out, I'm just going to find it so I can tell you what channel it's on. Nice. Yeah, that sounds really good. Deckart Games. Deckart Games. Okay. Yeah. And you could see a lot of Let's Plays that they do. I mean, sometimes I think one plays one of the games, the other one's playing the other one. Mm-hmm. But they usually sit together doing it. So one could be running like the Twitch page, I guess. and Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Taking in questions and stuff like that. But anyway, that was it was really good to see. And I learned a lot about Yuri. And I'm a big fan now of Yuri uh, Lowenthal. Hmm. And uh, something else I'm a huge fan of, and it actually ties back into what I talked about at the beginning, the Marvel Netflix shows. John Paisano does the soundtrack for Spider-Man, and it's one of the best soundtracks that I've heard in a long time. In fact, I will say I'll rate Spider-Man two thumbs up. Yep, definitely. Amazing game. It's my new favorite video game. Mm -hmm. And I think its soundtrack might be my current favorite movie soundtrack. I'm just listening to it over and over again. It's really cool. Yeah, it's excellent. Especially the main main theme that he wrote it's got a quality to it which reminds me of both the sam raimi films the the work that danny elfman did on the music for that Mm. and what james horner did for the first amazing spider-man movie yeah because i don't know if you remember listeners but there's kind of like this really fast place a fast paced string bit to the main theme for sam raimi's Mm spider-man and then james horner did a really beautiful thing where he made a nice melody for either big you know, trumpets to play or brass instruments or um, on strings, but it's a nice melody and iconic theme. Mm. Whereas I think John Pisano managed to combine them, mm-hmm. the qualities of that. So it's got a nice, really fast rhythmic kind of thing with a really iconic uh, melody to it as well. Yeah. And then that got me thinking about the other music he's done for the Netflix stuff, which was he did The Defenders and all three seasons of Daredevil. Mm-hmm. And so he... And someone else, actually, I can't remember who helped him, but he came up with that iconic theme for Daredevil, which was one of the biggest things about the show when it first came out. Everyone just was like, oh, this theme is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> but the rest of the music I really liked as well. And there's a, a piece in season two in the final episode, which just gets grand and iconic. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, same sort of feeling as the Spider-Man theme. But yeah, I, I get a huge kick out of that sort of stuff. And so I've been obsessively listening to that as well. Great. Yeah, no, it's a it's not only a good soundtrack in itself, but it's a good video game soundtrack in that you can be listening to the same piece of music over and over again yes. for ten hours yeah. and not get sick of it. It's perfect for you don't yeah. you don't get sick at all because it must know like play the louder bit when you're at the top of the building and you're about to jump off, so you get this kind of fanfare as you're doing something really cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the game programmers knew to do that yeah really clever stuff with that but yeah some of the i feel like there were just some musical references to some other marvel stuff there must have been just because yeah oh actually i got goosebumps when i went past the uh what's it called the the sanctum dr strange's Mm -hmm. sanctum yep yeah that's there yeah there's quite a a few there's um avengers tower a wakanda thing as well (gasps) avengers tower and uh i'm pretty sure reed Richard's building is there. Oh, I, I wouldn't be surprised. That's cool. Uh, I remember going through it at some point. Mm. Yeah. 
I've got to play it some more than I've completed the story. I haven't got all the extras. Oh. Wow. <laughs> it's the only game I've ever like hit 100% on. I don't know why, but I was like, I'm going to win 100% this game. Yeah. And I did. So. I've tried really hard and I'm still trying to get there with some of the Arkham games. Mm, yeah. I want to. But yeah, no, this, I might do this as well. So is there anything else that you've consumed? Uh, nothing normal. Normal? No. What abnormal thing have you done then? Well, abnormal is a word for it. Another word could be... <gasps> Wait, I'm getting a weird feeling about this. Is it time for Weird Movies with Sandro? It is. Woo-hoo. You got that correct. All right, Weird Movie for this episode is called Class of Newcomb High. Oh, yeah, I've been there. You really? No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, came out in 1986. It is Trauma Entertainment's follow-up to The Toxic Avenger, which we did oh, on Oldie But a Goody a right. little while ago. Yeah. I loved it. I've already seen it again because <laughs> I was such a big fan of it. Um, were you, though? I heard your review. You guys were coming down hard on that thing. Yeah, really? I thought so. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I thought it was great. What? No, actually, coming down hard on the characters and their attitudes. You did say you had a lot of fun. Yeah, I, well, I think it's because it's ridiculous, super self-aware, ridiculous trash. Yes, and Fair it enough. knows that it is. Yeah, we were being quite critical actually. <laughs> that doesn't mean you don't enjoy it, but there, if there's a lot of ridiculous stuff, you highlighted the ridiculous stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of that. I I can't speak for the others, although I know that Ben and I both rated it the same. In our, in our star ratings on other yeah. platforms. So, yeah, um, I was keen to see what their follow-up is, the class of Newcomb High, because it is not only directed by the same people, written by the same pe- people, uh, but it's also set in the same town. It's also set in Tromaville, the <laughs> toxic waste capital of the world. <laughs> and it centers on this class uh, of... Newcomb High. That's not the actual name, though. I think it's called uh, just the Tromaville High School. Uh, (laughs) It's a perfectly normal high school, quite conveniently located right next to a nuclear power plant out in the middle of nowhere. As you do. I really liked the opening as you're introduced to the school. I think there's an opening narration, I'm not sure. But there's something and it's like this is just a normal school located next to a nuclear power plant full of normal teenagers doing their normal teenage things and you see like these pretty normal uh teens they're all sitting down at their desks getting ready to to do stuff you pan over to the other side of the classroom and it's just people with like ridiculous masks and like massive nose rings and like (laughs) this one guy has got like chicken mask on it's it's <laughs> ridiculous it's 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 almost like mad max like that level of kind of post-apocalyptic clothes and makeup so they're all at the school the general premise i guess is some kids getting drugs from the power plant oh so it's not just normal drugs it's radioactive drugs yeah it's radioactive drugs and he sells them <laughs> to the main characters and they start having weird dreams and breaking out into song violent crime fighting oh. moves <laughs> and stuff like that <laughs> it's not as fun as toxic avenger i think it's 
almost too self-aware. The good thing about Toxic Avenger was it knew what it was, and it wasn't trying to be anything else, but it also wasn't trying to highlight the fact that it wasn't very good. It was, it was just like, this is what I am, accept it. So it still had the superhero story to tell, mm. but this one sounds more like a comedy sketch in a way. Yeah, it, it definitely is more of a comedy sketch. It's also more of a drama. They tried to do a lot of character work. <laughs> yeah. And it didn't, it didn't, I didn't care about any of them. I just uh, wanted to see the ridiculous scenarios they get up to, uh, potential gore. It's not a very gory film at all. There's like slight spoilers, but there is a monster, a giant radioactive monster at the end of it. <laughs> was very funny. What, in Tremberville? <laughs> yeah, but even then, it wasn't super violent compared to Toxic Avenger, even though they're rated the same, so uh, mm. I don't know. It feels a little by the books. It feels too much like a B-movie <laughs> that you would watch and then read a, a piece about it or watch an interview where the people behind it sincerely thought that what they were making was good instead of with Toxic Avenger, where they just made something for fun. Yeah. I did laugh when you said it's too by the books, and I thought, yeah, you know, all those movies where you see kids get radioactive drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, the plot is ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I don't know, I've got a friend, actually, Ben Volchok, who guested on the Toxic Avenger episode of Oldie But a Goodie. He quite enjoyed this. I think he rated it, like, three out of five. I've got to give it a two, I think. Like, it's not... It's got its fun, but it's not super fun. And compared to Toxic Avenger, it's just, it pales in comparison, I think. And it really does make me not want to go back and watch the sequels for Toxic Avenger now. I was quite keen for them. And now I'm like, ah, this is the direction the studio went in after the, the success of that, like being more self-aware. I don't think I'm going to check them out. Uh, we'll see. But it certainly was a weird movie with a lot of weird moments. Fair enough. It fits into the category and I'm happy. Yeah. Means I get to do that silly voice and put a reverb effect on it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think I'd probably give it maybe a schmear. Not a schmear. A schmear. Yeah. The thing that kind of puts it over the edge for me hmm. is the original songs that it has. Oh. It's got a bunch of like classic 80s jams. Is it by well-known people? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, it's got a bunch of classic jams. Talking about this school, like Traumaville School is a really weird place and stuff like that. It's great. It's really funny. <laughs> um, so that really works for me. I will definitely track down the soundtrack. But the film itself, I don't know. I think maybe if it was a 30-minute episode of a TV show based in this school, it could have been good. Okay. But as an hour 20 movie, hmm. kind of stretching it, especially considering that there are five sequels and the last one came out like three years ago so really i don't really see yeah i, I don't really see how <laughs> wow okay that would work um i'm yeah i don't know i think i might still do the to- toxic avengers sequels and a couple other tromaville movies but i i'm not going to be re- returning to this particular franchise it's not really my thing i don't think which mm. is a shame i was really expecting to like it oh well damn shame <laughs> anything else you've been consuming oh yeah, I guess so. I'll be honest, I wouldn't have mentioned this normally, but we had a bit of a discussion pre-recording, and uh, I, I could mention some music I've been listening to other than Spider-Man. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> this one is actually quite an old song, but I came across it through uh, some David Dobrik vlogs, and I'm a bit of a <laughs> nice. David 
Dobrik fan. It's by the band Carolina Liar, and it's called Show Me What I'm Looking For, and it's just a really kind of like touching song, and he actually tends to play it when his friends do well or have something important happen or some important news to announce on his videos, and it just it pulls at the heartstrings a bit, and it's, it's a pretty good song. Okay. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, usually I listen to a lot of new releases, but during isolation, I've mainly just been listening to old favorite albums. Um, hmm. So like some Pendulum, some Hilltop Hood, some Eminem, some Lonely Island, that sort of stuff. But I did check out uh, Charlie XCX's new album, How I'm Feeling Now, which she made entirely over the course of like two months while being just stuck at home quite recently. Ah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's really good. Eleven tracks. Wow. Very much carrying on her post-pop, electronic, experimental to a point sort of thing. Like lyrically, it's what you, you'd expect from a pop artist. Instrumentally, it's ridiculous and <laughs> quite all over the place. Potentially oh. jarring for some, especially on this album because it's quite rough. The opening track in particular, it feels. Not necessarily unfinished, but a bit rough around the edges. Fair enough. Which I like a lot. I like this style of of music, but it doesn't really have the precision of the album she put out last year. Um, yeah, no, I've just been listening to that a lot. Excellent. Over and over again. It's good. Yeah, that sort of thing reminds me of uh, Ben Folds. Mm. He uh, came to Australia, I think it was about to tour, but then obviously uh, isolation started and lockdown started. And he uh, ended up renting a hotel, not a hotel, an apartment. He just put his name down on an apartment and said, all right, I'm living here for a bit, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then he, he knows some local musicians because he used to live in Australia. And he just had some equipment sent to him and he's written and I think he's performing an entire album Wow! in lockdown. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. So I can't wait for that to be released and to hear what he comes up with. Yeah. I think that's a really good way to record a cohesive sounding project as well like yeah brockhampton do that they're a band well they're a hip-hop group but they call themselves a boy band um (laughs) and they all like live in one house and they're all just constantly working on music like a bunch of them are the 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 vocalists there's a team of uh producers and then their social media marketing and merch guys also live with them so i think yeah a childish gambino's album because Mm. the internet was entirely recorded in a their house with some friends. So yeah, I think yeah. it's a great way to do stuff. I like it. Yeah. That kind of just reminds me whenever I hear boy band, I laugh a bit because, um, have you heard of axis of awesome? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I just, they've got a joke about how, uh, they've been together so long. They went from a boy band to a man band. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, the song of bad game of Thrones is just one I go back to all the time. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. Is that it? I think that might, that might be it. I think that, yeah, I think you're right. I think that is it. Um, I mean, last time was quite an extended episode. Yeah. We had a guest. Ooh. We did. I was really happy with that. I like our uh, little crossover event. Very kind of DC TV. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was fun. And if you're like, wait, it was a crossover. That's right. (laughs) Check out episode 74 of Oldie But A Goodie for Zach, Reese, and myself, our review of Star Trek 3 Search for Spock. It's out now. I had a lot of fun editing it. I edited it all in a day. I'm pretty surprised. And I managed to get that done. Well done. I clearly didn't edit the episode before that in a day. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I actually, I did have that happen with, I can't remember what episode it was, but I was really happy. I just sat down and I thought, was it no, Adam's episode? 
I think it might have been. Mm-hmm. We've gotten into the flow, though, of just... It, because it's more of a list to go through as opposed to have a discussion about stuff, we kind of take turns at talking about our list. Yeah, yeah. When it's with Adam, I think. But the great thing about Zach is that it was basically an improv show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty <laughs> wild, chaotic, yeah, fun, which is what you want. Absolutely. <laughs> and and it, all right, listeners, uh, you won't have heard this, but there was a bit of dead air just then, so that's my cue to wrap this show up. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us this week. Uh, we greatly appreciate you listening and uh, supporting us. Actually, mm-hmm. we haven't done this in a while, but if you guys have had anything that you've consumed recently that you want to share, be it your own stuff or your friend's stuff or anything really mainstream that you just want to spread some love about, you can message us on all sorts of social media platforms or our email address, which I'll be honest, I can't remember. So Sandro, what's our email address? It is feedback.nerdout at gmail.com. Excellent. Thank you very much. And also I will say that if you've got a uh, title idea for this show that isn't spinoff, let us know because we might get our own title soon. We'll see. It is something we've said numerous times, but it's kind of feeling kind of funny to keep saying spin-off, it kind of should become its own show in a way. Yeah, I mean, we did it during the lockdown because we were like, it's something to do. Yeah. And now I think it's good if it becomes its own thing. I think we're going to keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. So if you've got any suggestions of a title, and I think I said this previously, although I've been kind of having fun with picking themes from the stuff we talk about, but if you guys are of the musical persuasion and want to write a theme for us that fits in with our, you know, mm. eclectic mix of uh, <laughs> entertainment value, then feel free <laughs> to send something in. We'll definitely consider it. Yeah, please do. It'll be good. Even if it's just kind of a segment in the show, just when we ask the question, we could play that bit of music as a build up to the question or just mm. after we ask it or something like that. That'd be cool. Yeah. 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 Whatever you want to do, if you have a musical idea and want to record it and send it to the email address or share a link, you know, message us on Instagram, which, Sandro, your Instagram is? Just my name, Sandro Felcher, S-A-N-D-R-O-F-A-L-C-B. Excellent. And all mine, which is Reese Parton, R-H-Y-S-P-A-R-T-O-N. Uh, same with Twitter. We're both the same on Twitter. Yep. Uh, Facebook, you could messages on facebook i don't know about sandra but i tend to only add people that i've encountered previously so yeah my facebook's pretty much locked down to private uh at this stage yeah likewise but you could message uh the nerd out facebook page definitely yeah that's a good way to get to us seeing as that's basically our facebook page as well mm-hmm. uh yeah i don't know why i just felt the need to say thanks for uh for listening into this project which is kind of a way to fill in time but it's really grown into its own show i'm really happy with it yeah yeah it's good and yeah just we don't want it to just be what have we been consuming we'd love to hear from you guys because honestly if there's someone out there with a very specific taste in movies i'd like to watch something that isn't just superhero stuff (laughs) (laughs) yeah i love my superhero stuff but that's kind of the movies i've been watching so if you've got Mm. really good movies you'd like to recommend or you're a small production company you've got your own movie oh definitely we don't mind a bit of plugging going on it's fine yeah why not also if you've got a weird movie you want me to check yes let me know we've got a feature that we're gonna have to keep going i mean sandra is pretty good at seeing a lot of movies and some of them end up being weird but 
Honestly, keep that supply mm. coming. Oh, also, for episode 10, mm. we could do a weird movie episode where we just watch a bunch of weird movies. Yeah, why not? I don't know what we'd do. It'd probably only be like two, but still. Yeah, I, I can't think of one. You know, I'd have to go hunting for a weird movie. Mm. Or I found one the other day called Butt Boy, <laughs> which is about this detective who is hunting, like he thinks that someone, the people are disappearing into butts, but it's also surprisingly like heartfelt apparently. And it's got a very positive like score on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Well, I'm intrigued. Actually. Yeah. How about what we do for episode 10 and you let me know if you want me to cut this or not, because this could just mm. be a bit of discussing it to prepare for it. Episode 10, we reverse the segment. So the main thing is a weird movie. And then we get very serious and talk about a very serious, well-respected movie for that little extra. Oh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's a really good idea. Yeah, so what have you been consuming? Schindler's List. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. But the rest of it is really goofy. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I like that, actually. Yeah, that's fun. It kind of marks a milestone, but also changes things up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Episode 10. Yeah. Let's do it. Cool. Alrighty. That's uh talk about episode 10, but this is episode eight and it's time to wrap it up. So uh, this is me, Reese Parton, saying thank you and goodbye. This is me, Sandro, saying thank you and farewell. <laughs> I keep thinking of, uh, uh, I've forgotten the name of the song now from the movie. Oh, um. I know what you mean. I can't remember what it's called. I think I referenced it last time anyway. Oh, well. Mm. Yes, I keep thinking of that iconic thing, which uh, <laughs> I've forgotten. There we go. Let's have something else iconic. The music from Spider-Man. Here we go. Thank you, John Paisano. <laughs> Woo! See ya. See ya. See ya.